What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode 134 of the Stand Up Guys podcast. I'm your host, the incomparable Zach Jones, joined as always by Miambre de la Same Madre, Lester Jones. Hello, everybody. And of course, it wouldn't be our show if we didn't have the Ninth Wonder, Chocolate Thunder, looking for a few good peepees for a few good DPs, the tag teaming, double creaming, you take the front, he'll take the back, you'll be dancing all night, sack to sack, the phenomenal AJ Singh. Uh, I don't need anybody taking me up on that offer. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I noticed uh, just a few hours ago is that uh, last night or this morning, whatever, uh, it was the old daylight savings time change. The bad one, too. Spring ahead, an hour closer to work than I want to be. But you know what? Daylight savings time is how I know our government is truly broken, broken because nobody wants it, and yet it remains. <laughs> you know what happened? Last year, I think the Senate voted, and they they said, let's you know get rid of daylight savings time. But the House was too stupid to figure out like which time they should go with, so they just never voted on it. Like as to, as to, you know, one hour ahead or one hour back, should we stick with one of those? Which one? And so they just never voted on it, and now they have to reintroduce the bill again this year. <laughs> You, you, you know something's bad when we go, you know who we should copy? Arizona. <laughs> That's when you know we're in trouble. <laughs> Man. I mean, I thought it'd be an obvious choice to keep the extra hour. Like, just keep the right. extra. That's just so simple. <laughs> I don't know. It's just so weird. It's like nobody wants it. Everybody wants to get rid of it. Yeah. It's just every year. It's like, oh, it's tradition now. We got to do it. Uh, guys, what have you been doing this week? I'll let Lester answer that. <laughs> I've been working a lot. <laughs> okay, let me rephrase. <laughs> what have you been uh, watching? Uh, I, well, I've watched part of The Shield before, and I just started it from the beginning, and it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, I watched I watched it you know, back in the day as it was coming out. Yeah, it's a pretty good show. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I watched a little bit of Luther, which you recommend. I watched a few of those, which is pretty decent. Um, I don't remember if I watched anything else. I've been doing a lot of programming. I took 100... 100 Python projects in a 100 days challenge. That sounds like a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. I'm up to like 20. <laughs> I don't know the actor's name, but do you, you know the guy in the shield that plays like a very tall black cop? Yeah, yeah, the gay cop. I don't remember his storyline, but yeah, probably. Anyway, uh, he went to prison later on in life for murdering his wife. Oh, wow. Mm. <laughs> he played like this uptight Christian in the show. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um. So, do you think you'll continue with Luther, or did it not strike you well enough? It's okay, but like I also have to pay attention, which isn't my strong suit. <laughs> that is true. You do, you do get to pay attention and not just fall asleep. There's some some shows you can just put on in the background and be like, "Yeah, I pretty much got what's going on." <laughs> I mean, don't you have to kind of pay attention in the field? Yeah, but it's pretty engaging. I'd say it's more engaging. And uh, you said you've been doing a little more gambling? The old gambling. Are you doing well? I am. I won 600 bucks in the last two, three days. And uh, yeah, it's been fun. You know? Now, you won 600 but what's 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 the what are you netting here when you consider... No, that's, that's what I'm saying. 600. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, I mean, usually I, I come up on top, you know, but not by much. Like, in, in a day, I usually come up, like, maybe, like, 50 to 100, you know? But, like, these last few days, I've been getting, like... About two hundred a day, and it's because I'm f- mo- mo- focusing mostly on basketball. You know, I mo- I know basketball. I used to do a little bit of tennis too, just because the odds are so like they're huge. You know, you could have like a a fight of like a fifty to one odds against like a, a tennis player. You know, you could go for that, and then you you come up big with with the win. But there's so there's such a high chance of losing too. You know, those are those are very infrequent victories. And in basketball, I, I know who's the better team, so. I usually wait for them to be down 10 or 15 at some point in the game, and then I put, like, a good 30 bucks on them, and uh, then I walk away with 180. How come, How come like, there's such a big odds in tennis? Are there just, some, like, a few people that dominate the sport? There's, there's so many players. Like, with basketball, there's only 30 teams, so there's not much variation in skill level. But with tennis, you have thousands, you know, like... 
so you could have like the number one player in the world going up against the number 300 player in the world you know just huge difference in odds there and so like if you bet a little bit of money on on the underdog and they somehow do an upset you could potentially yeah you put five bucks on underdog there you come up with like maybe 75 bucks Mm -hmm. but you know in basketball you put five bucks on a team you come back come away with like 10 15 you know usually i'm sure there's got to be guys that have made fortunes like betting on sports but yeah yeah. I mean, if you, if you really knew sports well, I, I wonder if you could potentially, like, if it, you know, make better money than, like, just, like, stock market. Like, that's what I'm thinking, because sports, like, at least there's some, like, his, like, there's some evidence of what could happen in the next game, you know? Like, you, you understand, like, okay, well, this is the consistency of this team. They make this many shots. They do this, you know, night in, night out. So you have some understanding of where it's going. But I, I feel like stocks, like... You don't even know what the truth is with those stocks. You don't even know what the information the company's revealing about itself is real, you know? So you don't, there's no real basis to know what's going to happen in the future of the company, I feel like. Man, I should have read the article. I, I saw a headline, though, this week where there was a couple states where their like gambling boards were trying to legalize it so that people could bet on pro wrestling. Oh, that is and I terrible. Was like, I was like, how, how would that work? Because, like, there's just so much opportunity because there's got to be people on you know since it is predetermined there's got to be people on the end that that know what the result is going to be and like how do you like how do you make sure to keep a lid on it yeah exactly there's that and then there's also like you know they're going to try to fool as many people as possible to get like the odds and you know like to to win you know on these bets i feel like you know i feel like the wwe is going to like strategize to make it look like one guy's going to win and the other guy wins and like somehow they get they benefit from this <laughs> that's it can you like i i lost hundreds of dollars because this guy interfered with a steel chair you know? <laughs> <laughs> i just can't see how they could ever like the ref wasn't looking when the three count was going <laughs> <laughs> yeah no this it's it's scripted how could you bet on that yeah i don't know and also like someone like me who has watched a lot of pro wrestling like i i can predict predict (laughs) a lot of outcomes you know i mean not necessarily like i i mean i guess the least predictable ones are when you get to like you know pay-per-view events but like you know week to week like just like your standard like raw matches and stuff like a lot of those like you know, you can predict who's going to win. So, yeah, I just, I don't understand how they could ever, like, I can't imagine this ever being approved, but why be, someone would even this try. man, just... I heard he's the one pushing this to become a thing. <laughs> I I should have read the article, yeah, but, like, I Is just... he going to be betting? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I guess it just brings more viewers, you know, like, people who are going to gamble anyway. They're like, oh, that's yeah. another thing to gamble on. I don't know, like, they are gearing up supposedly to sell the wwe to somebody and like i really like i i really think vince you know there was speculation that he was they were going to sell to the saudis but now that was kind of debunked but but i really think vince you know he wants to be in control again so i think whoever they sell it to he wants it to be somebody who would allow him Mm. to you know uh retain some sort of creative power so Mm. i don't know it, it could get uh Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sounded like the Saudis were kind of working on a deal with to keep him in power and like kind of buy it behind the scenes sort of thing. Right? I mean, it wouldn't totally surprise me if he ended up going that route, just because I, you know, they don't care if he stays in power. Mm-hmm. But I mean, God, I, I mean, I know he's like a, a megalomaniac of one of these guys that doesn't want to give up power, but he's old as shit, you know. Yeah. You know, I don't. I just, I don't, I don't know what he thinks. How old he, is he? He's got to be late 70s, early oh, 80s, I would guess. Wow. I mean, he's up there. But, man, I just, yeah. It's it's going to be a, something to see where the WWE goes the next uh, couple years. I mean, for me, like, I, I stopped watching it like 10 years ago, maybe more. I'm not sure. but You made a good choice, <laughs> by the way. But, I mean, hasn't it, like, decreased in popularity? Like, hasn't it lost a lot already? Yeah. Well, what's weird is like it has less fans than ever, but I think overall because of like you know just TV deals and stuff has been more profitable than ever in the last couple of years. Mm. So it's like yeah, like between the amount of people who watched it in the '90s when it was really hot 
And now, like, it's a lot less. It's a lot, lot less. But, like, the TV landscape has changed, too, where, like, you know, it does better than a lot of stuff on, like, standard, you know, cable ratings and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so they still got, like, big TV deals where they make a lot of money, you know? Mm-hmm. Although I think even those are starting to go down. So, like, the speculation is they really want to, you know, leading up to WrestleMania this year, like, you know, in- like, do whatever they can to increase ratings so that it looks more valuable to potential buyers, you know? Mm, okay. So, we'll see how that works out for them. I don't know. Right. Yeah, I think that's happening with a lot of sp- uh, sports and stuff. Like, the, the new 2025 and later TV contracts are, are, are going to be huge, I guess. Well, I think so many people have cut the cord that the people who still buy, like, you know, standard cable packages and stuff are the sports fans mm, that okay. want to watch live games, which, sense. yeah, kind of makes sense. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think probably sports are probably what dominate. Yeah, and I heard there's a lot more competition for sports, too. Like, Amazon's trying to buy up, like, you know, I don't know if they're doing it with WWE as well, but they're they're bidding more for this kind of content. It makes sense. Yeah, Amazon, uh, Apple, they're trying to get in on that stuff, too. WWE is so weird, like, on on streaming because like they're both on um hulu and peacock hulu you can watch like the weekly shows like like the day after they air mm-hmm. but like they're t- kind of truncated like they because like the on raw or whatever it's like three hours with commercials and the hulu will like you know edit it down to like uh 90 minute version or something which is fine to me if they cut some of the fat that's fine um and so there's stuff that like people watching on cable would see that are never on hulu and then on peacock that's where they have like the um you know uh, you know what used to be pay-per-view like you know the wrestlemanias and stuff like that and i think they also show like raws and stuff but like a month after they first air so like it's it's really weird that they have it split up like that you know yeah, that is weird. Peacock, I, I've never used it. I saw I saw it on my TV the other day. I was thinking about getting it to watch a movie, but I was like, no, nah, there's only like one movie I would watch on there anyway. I mean, I have heard some people just on podcasts I listen to and stuff say that like Peacock's gotten better over the years from what it was before, but like I've only gotten it a couple times, like, you know, to watch WrestleMania and then I'll have it for a month and and it's like, yeah, to, for me, there wasn't, like, a ton on there that I just, like, oh, I need to keep this around, you know? Right, yeah. I saw Puss in Boots. There's, like, some new releases that are coming out on there for some reason. That surprises me, but I think there's another new release, too, that came out on there recently. I don't know. It's a pretty popular movie, but, yeah, I mean, they're getting some content. It's kind of leading me to think that maybe I'll check it out and see what's on there, but I'm not... I'm not too excited about watching like shows from 30 years ago or anything. But. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think well, Peacock's owned by like you know NBC, Comcast, and uh, I think Universal. So like you know Universal movies probably go tend to go there okay. sooner than you know other places. You know what's I I honestly I'm so baffled by the way the streaming landscape works because you you would think like you know HBO Warner Brothers you would think they would just you know, keep all their Warner Brothers content there. And, you know, Paramount would keep all of their Paramount content there. Mm -hmm. But they don't. They, like, that's why HBO's been, like, you know, getting rid of a lot of their stuff because they can sell, you know, the rights to these other streamers for themselves. But I'm like, it's it's weird that they can make more money by shuffling around their content to other streamers because it's like, well, okay, they're selling the rights for another streamer to air their stuff but at the same time they're buying the rights from other streamers to air their stuff so i'm like how does this work out economically to be more beneficial to play this shell game where they're like you know sharing each other's you know content around rather than just like you know keeping all their stuff so people in their head be like oh i want to watch this i i need to subscribe to that you know it's it's very bizarre i don't really understand how it works yeah, that's weird. Uh, I guess if you made like, I don't know, I can't think of it. No. But uh, I did find out this because you know when when HBO was cutting a lot of their stuff off the HBO Max platform, you know they had that new Batman animated series in the works, and they said it could eventually, like, hopefully, go somewhere else. Well, apparently Amazon has picked that up, mm. so that's cool. We'll see. Whatever <laughs> happened with the uh, Harley Quinn? It's still on HBO Max. Okay. And as far as I know, they're still making more of it. Okay. Mm. 
They're also possibly um, well. It's in development. Like I don't, I don't know if it's a, got a, uh, a complete green light. Like it will happen, but like you know, the uh, Kite Man character. Oh yeah. Like apparently, like there's going to be a show where like he runs a bar or something. Okay. So like a Kite Man spinoff <laughs> that everybody wants. Like. <laughs> I mean, I was surprised they made Harley Quinn so fun to watch. If they could put that same judge on uh, this show maybe it'll be good too who knows yeah i i don't know i maybe i need to give harley quinn another chance i i watched i didn't hate it but i, I watched like the first season and then i watched a couple episodes into season two and then i just kind of fell off mm-hmm. yeah i just i don't know the comedy works for me i thought it was funny it is i mean there was some jokes in there but yeah i don't know it was unexpected for me too especially coming from this whole batman like everything i've seen about batman is like surface level dark night sort of stuff like the darkness brooding batman and stuff right so this is like a, a fun twist on it, really <laughs> it. um you've been watching anything this week besides sports uh just sports and bad movie reviews <laughs> <laughs> you got any good bad movies uh, reviews man i've been watching prim's hood cinema this dude's hilarious he just uh boys in the hood you know like he'll break down the movie and make fun of like just just everything going on. i can't explain it. it's just he picks out the silliest things and just <laughs> somebody's hairstyle whatever it doesn't matter he just makes fun of it did he do a don't be a menace to south central or drinking your juice in the hood he did not do that one yet <laughs> he did do a don't be a menace uh, one though and that movie is wild man it is a uh, like cutthroat what is it like in the first in the beginning of the movie this guy like i don't want to give too much away but i think you can give away one scene um they're like just shopping in the, in the little mini uh, convenience store and uh, you know, the, the people in the store are kind of bothering them like, Hey, buy, leave, buy, leave, you know? And you know, he freaks out and he just kills them both and like robs it and leaves. And the way he does it is just so, whew, you know, like bloodthirsty, you know, it seems. <laughs> and it's just such a, like that, that movie like tells you about what, how dangerous it is out there sometimes. I'm surprised. Um, well, maybe, I don't know if it's out yet, but are you going to, I know you're a f- fan of like the scream franchise are you, oh, gonna, yeah. are you gonna watch scream six yeah i'm not gonna go to the theater to watch it but you know when it comes out on uh you know available to watch digitally i'll watch it i i kind of think maybe i should finally break down and watch those movies oh yeah they're fun they're a lot of fun and you know what i heard the new one is actually uh better than the last few like it, it's more in line with like one through two and three and you liked the last one they did right yeah it was fun yeah yeah i liked it um Myself, um, I've still been watching these kind of week-to-week shows, CSI, Carnival Rope, uh, Picard Season 3. Uh, still liking all of them. I don't got too much to say. Um, so I, I watched a movie on, uh, I think it was Amazon, uh, called The Private Life of Sherlock Holmes, because I do like Sherlock Holmes, and this was also a movie that Quentin Tarantino did on his podcast. Um, I got to say, though, like, it was fine. Like, I, I wish I had, a, like, a big endorsement. I didn't like it as much as, as he did, apparently, but, like... It's fine, but I don't think it's like anything great. Like it's definitely not as good as like the Sherlock TV show. Yeah, I don't think I even heard of it, but I hear Sherlock, and I pretty much just tune out. I think you don't like any Sherlock Holmes stuff. I don't know. I guess it's okay. Like uh, is Benedict ben- ben- uh, Cumberbatch in it? Or well, he's in the TV show. Oh, but not no. This movie was like from the seventies. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was fine, but I don't think it was anything to write home about. Um. Also, just kind of randomly, I watched um, um, that David Spade comedy, Lost and Found. Mm. I don't know if you remember that. That doesn't sound familiar. It's like um, his, um, this like super model, uh, like moves in like next door to him. And like, in order to like um, talk to her, like her, her dog, her she has like this dog that a lot of times goes missing and he ends up like kidnapping it and putting it in his apartment and then pretends to look for it so that he can like strike up a romance with her it's like a rom-com it's mm. fine like it's got a few laughs in there but it's it was nothing i feel like i feel like i've seen the cover to this at blockbuster before like. probably <laughs> it's him naked holding a dog over <laughs> but my biggest accomplishment this week was after god i don't know like Six or seven months, I finally beat Horizon Forbidden West. All right, <laughs> you tell us about that. I mean, I I didn't just Golden Path that I did like all the you know side missions and things. So, mm. but uh, yeah, it's a it's a meaty game, good but way too long if you do everything in it. 
And then uh, I've, I've actually this week just been like reading a lot of comic books because I have both the uh, Marvel Unlimited and the DC oh, uh, Infinite app. And uh, I was going to shout out, there's a series that came out probably, I don't know, either, either last year or the year before called a 12-issue series by Tom King called Batman and Catwoman that I thought was pretty, pretty good. So I just shout out to that comic. You used to use a different app before, right, for comics? Yeah, I, I use Comic Comicsology, and like I still do for like um, mostly now on there. I just buy anything that's not uh, DC or Marvel, like mm -hmm. you know, Image books and other indie books. Mm -hmm. But like, if if a platform came out that offered like a subscription uh, thing to those platforms rather than just buy a la carte, I, I would think about doing that too, to be honest. Okay. Because yeah, I think. I mean, overall, like, uh, I bought in the yearly plans on the Marvel and DC stuff. Mm -hmm. And, like, it's a pretty good value, I think, as long as you use it regularly. Okay, yeah. I mean, I, I did try the Marvel one for a while. I really liked it. But, uh, I don't know, something happened with my uh, account. I don't know what happened. Like, uh, I guess my password got shared or something. I don't know. But, yeah, I might go back and check it out. Yeah, yeah lots of good stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, bu -bu -bu you guys got anything else you want to talk about before we get into stories this week? No, let's do it. All right, guys. So anyone who hasn't listened, uh, we're going to go around the table. Everyone's going to bring a topic of conversation from around the globe. And we'll see if we can't just make something funny and or entertaining out of it. And as tradition dictates, AJ, we usually start with you. So what do you got for us? All right. A worker who wanted to get off of work early cost more than 580 million pounds worth of damage. I saw this headline. <laughs> that seems like a lot. Yeah. Wait, how, how much? 580 million pounds. Damn. That's, uh, That's yeah. a lot of moolah. So they're like half a billion. Well, this is, I don't know why, but this converts it over to $69 million. I don't know why it does that. That's not right. Nah, I don't know. So $69 million US dollars would equate to... No, pounds, no, are, no, worth, pounds are worth more than... Uh, this is just bad conversion here. But, <laughs> so uh, something's not right. Yeah. A ship worker caused over 580 million pounds in damage to a nuclear submarine that he was working on because he wanted to go home early. In 2013, James, uh, Casey James Fury uh, worked as a painter and sandblaster on the USS Miami when a fire broke out on the ship while it had been docked in Kittery, Maine. Originally, U.S. authorities uh, thought the fire had initially started with the industrial vacuum cleaner uh, that staff had accidentally ignited and debris with the debris inside. Uh, having caused nearly a billion dollars in damage, oh, okay, so that's uh, the U.S. Navy employee eventually confesses to the crime and was arrested. Um, Casey Fury was just 25 years old when he caused nearly a billion dollars worth of damage. Uh, at the time, the USS Miami had been undergoing extensive refurbishment and additional shift workers had been hired to assist with a 20-month project. However, it was later discovered that the, that Fury, 25, had caused the ensuing, ensuing inferno, which raged over 12 hours and left seven people injured. Fury later confessed to Arson and said that he'd wanted to finish early but hadn't but had no leave left. He also told authorities at the time that he was suffering from an anxiety attack. The fire had started when Fury lit a bag of rags on board the military vessel in the stateroom. After he fled the scene, the fire spread rapidly and caused significant damage to the nuclear submarine's living quarters, control center, and torpedo room. Uh, naval firefighter Eric Hardy was amongst those that were injured after his colleague collapsed on top of him. Uh, upon hearing his fellow firefighter scream in agony, Hardy ended up saving his life by dragging him to the to safety via their air pack. Incredibly, his team were also able to contain the fire and stopped it, uh, reaching the rear of the submarine, which nuclear propulsion components were kept. Uh, then, around three weeks later, Fury set a smaller fire again. Uh, he wanted to go home. Uh, luckily, the fire didn't cause too much damage. Fury later confessed on two counts of arson and was ordered to pay over $400 million in restitution <laughs> before being sentenced to 17 years in prison. It's going to take a while. <laughs> a dollar a no, month for the next quarter an hour military <laughs> pay. Well, if they're, if they're uh, garnishing his prison pay, <laughs> getting a penny an hour from him. Uh, I only wish I had found proper help for my problems before all of this happened. Yeah, I bet you do. Uh, it was little comfort for his victims, though, when firefighter Eric Hardy, later telling press 
that when he woke up in pain every day, or that he woke up in pain every day uh, following the 12 hour fire. As for USS Miami, the ship was initially set to be repaired, but it was later decommissioned because of the damage that occurred on board during the blaze. Who needs to fight the Chinese when we got guys like this? <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if all it takes is like one guy and some oily rags to like shut down a nuclear submarine, right. then uh, <laughs> like you wouldn't need very many infiltrators. Right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I told you what happened with the Indian submarine too. They left the hatch open. I thought you were gonna say screen door. I, I no, they, say that they left the hatch open and like they went underwater yeah. with the hatch open. <laughs> Did they, they all die? No, no, they survived, but they caused they, extensive they damage. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody got demoted on that yeah. one. <laughs> Uh, all these militaries, man, it's just silly. We're spending so much money on a thing that could just fall out of the sky or whatever, you know? <laughs> I know. It's, yeah. Our military budget is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you're spending like half a billion dollars on one plane, that that's just, that's come on, that's too much. Yeah, seems, uh, <laughs> seems high. And they're still building tanks. Do we even use tanks anymore? No, it's just for those jobs for people in like Kentucky or whatever, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, in Ukraine, it seems like they're just like... Getting blown up left and right. Yeah, and Turkey was doing that to uh, Azerbaijan, too, when they were fighting. Yeah. It's like, oh, there's a tank. Oh, <laughs> easy. we target. destroyed it. Yeah. <laughs> target practice. Wasn't there a story that Russia just launched, like, a big missile attack on Ukraine or something? I don't know. Possibly. I, I, I think it's almost going to be, like, even if they win, it might end up being a Pyrrhic victory where it wasn't mm. even worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, they've lost, like, so many people already. I don't know. Hey, less mouths to feed in their, you know, government. I guess. That's one way to, <laughs> it's in the herd. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be nothing but women. It'll be, uh, you'll be able to get those cheap Russian brides. <laughs> maybe maybe uh, China and Russia will have to become a big superpower because China doesn't have enough women. And oh, now yeah, Russia true. will have too many. I can see them helping each other out, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> um, should we dig into the manifesto round one for this week? Oh, okay. Here's one. So there was a, I believe it was China. This guy had been like killing cats and posting videos online. And apparently he'd been doing this for a while. And there's kind of like uproar in the community or whatever. But uh, somebody recognized him and like he posted it to this cat lovers group or something. <laughs> so like all these cat lovers came and found this guy. And like, there's like five or six people just like kicked the shit out of <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah. And then. <laughs> But, like, the coup de gras was, like, they took some cat shit and, like, smeared it in the face and made him eat it. <laughs> I was like, damn. Yes. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> Love to see it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Not good. <laughs> uh, I wish he was in prison, too, for a long time. But, you know, I guess you can't get that. Yeah, you I don't know, know if they have uh, cruelty against animals in China. You know, John Wick could have been even better if, like, before he killed everybody, he rubbed, like, dog shit in their face. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is my dog's last <laughs> shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, didn't we just have one of those, like, a ballet guy, like, rub some, fa- some crap yeah, on yeah, a critic's last face? Last week, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. against his critics, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you criticize me. You know, speaking of John Wick, the the fourth one's coming out in a few weeks. I think leading up to that, you should watch the other ones and then give us like a fifth grade book report on what happened. <laughs> Does he have like a new dog in every one? He has one. Yeah, he has a new dog, but it's not a different dog in every one. It's the same one after that. But you I, have to I, watch to find out. I'm surprised you wouldn't like. Did you ever like those '80s action movies? I don't know. Commando. I like Commando, but Commando's an absolute classic. <laughs> Uh, you never seen him, so I think there's a chance you'd like him. I don't know. Did you see? Did you see the first John Wick? I thought I was thinking. Yeah, maybe. I saw the first one at some oh, point, okay. but then I quit. <laughs> I will say that they do. Um, no, I think I saw the second one too, and I didn't. I thought it was even worse. They do some unique like world building in yeah. those movies. Like I like how they have like their own currency that, yeah. and like this whole like weird like assassin like guild and and like rules and yeah yeah it seems it's fun i like it well i got a story um for all your teenage kids out there well for really any men uh we got we got a good uh excuse now why men should masturbate 21 times a month according to my story according to science <laughs> 
Attention, men. Science says you should be looking out for your health, and that includes masturbating at least 21 times a month. No, really, we're serious. According to scientific research published by European Urology, who knew such a publication existed, if you want to cut down on the risk of prostate cancer, then you need to be choking the chicken on a pretty regular basis. That's right. Apparently, blowing your beans... Is that a a phrase anybody uses? Blowing your beans on a regular basis could reduce your risk of prostate cancer by up to a third. And that sounds like a very positive thing. While most people with prostate cancer survive it, you'd be much better off avoiding the danger altogether. And if the science says that jerking it regularly helps uh, with that, then who are we to say no? There have been other studies which have suggested that a healthy sex life where you're climaxing often results in a noticeable drop in cancer rates, but science seems to have zeroed in on the magic number. Apparently men should be aiming to have an orgasm, whether that's through masturbation or other means, at least 21 times a month. And if you want to, uh, nobody's saying you shouldn't have more. Man, I don't know that sentence. Somebody butchered it. Uh, Scientists don't know exactly why making the one-eyed snake cry helps reduce the risk of prostate cancer. But according to IFL Science, some believe having an orgasm regularly flushes out toxins, which could increase the risk of cancer. The researchers, uh, researchers surveyed 31,925 men over an 18-year period and kept tabs on how often they were waking through their lives, which led them to make the scientific discovery, which will surely be welcomed by men around the world. However, just because it's a healthy activity now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't confine it to the appropriate time and place, as 14% of Brits admitted to wanking at work. Then again, it apparently improves focus and productivity, and some workplaces have even offered their staff the chance to relieve a bit of tension with VR pods. Oh yeah, I remember that story yeah. a couple months ago. Um, not everyone is sold on the idea that you can wank your way to a lower chance of prostate cancer, as some people who have abstained from it have said it it's been really beneficial to their health. One guy who said he decided not to masturbate for three months said he had much more energy physically and was far more switched on in social situations. He even decided to give up on masturbation altogether, claiming that it had helped him live a better life and enjoy it past the short pleasures of masturbating. There are also other health risks from cracking one out, but usually that's because he uh, doing it wrong, like the 20-year-old man from Switzerland who jayed off so hard that he landed himself in the hospital with breathing difficulty. <laughs> he did it real wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I threw on my back. <laughs> How do you do that? I mean... Was he doing backflips at the same time? <laughs> he, he was trying out for the Olympics. <laughs> Hurt myself real bad, Jim. <laughs> you have to call 911. They should have a, a J-Off Olympics where you just have to do every Olympic event while J-Off. <laughs> Man, have you guys ever seen that uh, Olympic sport? I, I want to say it's called Skeleton or something. It's it's like this weird bobsled where like one guy almost like lays right on top of the oh, yeah, other yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, this looks so bad. <laughs> How'd that even become a thing? <laughs> yeah, like the twin bobsledding. Yeah, I don't know how that works. <laughs> the hardest thing in the Olympics. <laughs> it's like the Ace and Gary of Olympics. <laughs> it, really it really is. Do they do they lay like directly on it, or do they like, turn around and do it like sixty nine sort of thing? <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, that's a really advanced trick. <laughs> <laughs> the aerodynamics. <laughs> So, yeah, in conclusion, uh, jerk off more. <laughs> uh, AJ, story number two. All right, let's see. Oh, this was kind of fun. I like this. Uh, town punishes his politicians by putting them in a cage in a river. Uh, there's a city in Italy where every year they put people into a cage and dunk them into the river by way of punishment, though it's just a quick dip meant for a bit of a fun, bit of fun rather than an attempt to off somebody. Lots of places around the world have their own select set of customs and rituals that you'd be hard pressed to find. Uh, but you'd be hard-pressed to find a town where they put the most annoying people into cages and lower them into the river. This charming aquatic event is called Tonka, uh, and it is part of the... The Vigi- Vigilian uh, celebrations, which nailed it, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> which the city of Trento puts on every year in the second you half. Should of make June. a compilation of you two trying to pronounce cities <laughs> <laughs> oh, <man. laughs> and people's names. <laughs> 
<laughs> the events are meant to honor Saint Vigilio, <laughs> the uh, patron saint of the city, and one of the main events is the Court of Penitence, uh, where only the penitent man may pass. <laughs> where famous figures from Trento who have disgraced themselves over the year are put on trial. The penitent man is humble. <laughs> Some will be found innocent and, spare, and spared a dunking in the river, but for those found guilty, their punishment is to be condemned for the Tonka. If you live in Trento, Italy, don't mess up too badly or you might end up being the star attraction of the Tonka. Uh, very often, this means that a politician is going to be among those taking a dip in the waters because they're... Uh, be, uh, when you're looking for because when you're looking for a person in the city who has screwed up the most, it's usually going to be a politician. Uh, I can get behind public humiliation. Yeah, I'm this, down uh, with this. This is fun. <laughs> we got we got a river. It's full of needles and stuff. <laughs> we got one. That just makes it more interesting. Dump <laughs> you dunk him in, you pull him out, and he's like a porcupine full of fucking. I mean, HIV even, needles. Even if you're just dunking them, you're letting them know that they are kind of stupid. Like they messed yeah. up. You know, uh, the Tonka tradition. Uh, the Tonka traditionally takes place on the last Sunday before June 26th, the date when the celebrations come to an end. Last year it took place June 19th, and a total of six people were found guilty, where five were saved from a plunge into the river. Uh, dunking people into the river in a cage is a spoof on a historical punishment used for, pun used for much of the last millennium for those who had been found guilty of committing blasphemy. Uh, however, when it's done these days for the festival, the people found guilty get to be winched back out of the water again while they're still alive, instead of staying there until the locals are sure they're dead and want their cage back. The Adige River runs through Trento, and every year some unpopular locals, usually politicians, get dunked into it. Uh, this summer, if, you, if you're stuck for holiday destinations, you could always go, give Trento a go and give the Tonka a look. Just make sure you don't commit any catastrophic screw-ups while over there. It might end up with you getting chucked into a cage and lowered into a river. Uh, I mean, that sounds fun. I, I, it's not mean. It's not cruel. It's just kind of like, hey, you're an idiot. Let's, let's put you in the water. <laughs> we could, we could have done that with a few people here, you know? I feel like we should have some of those like Salem witch trial things for like bad politicians where like either way they die. <laughs> What's crazy is people died for blasphemy, man. That's like, that's just like saying, I don't believe in God. <laughs> oh, you don't? <laughs> to the river with you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, um, should we go to Manifesto round two? Okay, in Delaware. So. This guy had a property, it's family property for like two or three generations, something. And like he isn't paying like super close attention to it. And one of the neighbors like builds like a goat pen and like kind of commandeers like a quarter of an acre of it. Well, he goes to tear it down and there's like a feud or whatever. And she presses charges and claims squatter rights. And apparently in Delaware, like if you've taken possession of a property for like 20 years, it's yours. <laughs> So she takes him to court and they, they judge in, in her favor for squat rights. And it just says it's like a quarter of an acre, but the, the value was like $125,000. Oh, my God. So, yeah, if you can just sneak onto someone's property for like 20 years, <laughs> like it's yours. I think we should try this. Like, let's like <laughs> I, I commandeer mean, just a bunch of land in Delaware that people aren't paying attention to. I mean, if maybe it just looks like some super rich person and like... You know, like slowly move the fence posts a little bit <laughs> each year. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a funny trick. <laughs> I don't know, but a quarter of an acre is 125 grand. That's uh, that's spendy. And to have the balls to just be like, "Yeah, I've been here for 20 years. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like countersue you." Yeah, that's not. I've been, I've been doing this messed up thing to you for so long that, <laughs> that this point, at this point it's legal. Yeah, yeah. For 20 years it's illegal. Then, <laughs> then it's legal after that. Wasn't there an episode of The Office where like Jim kept like moving Dwight's desk like just a little oh, bit yeah. each day or something? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can you imagine if somebody had like woods on their property they never went into or something and you yeah. just like, you built a homestead back there and 20 years later you're like, finally, it's all coming together. Right. I know. It's like, should, should anyone who owns property like have to go like, you know. Like survey it like every 19 Every, every year. <laughs> <laughs> every 19. <laughs> <laughs> gotta make sure. Gotta make sure. Yeah, you gotta get them out in time. 
Imagine if you're the the person who's been living there 19 years. Like, almost got it. Almost, yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so close. My <laughs> retirement plan. <laughs> uh, well, I got another interesting story out of China. China bans women from online lingerie ads. Men start modeling bras instead. Oh, <laughs> the logical conclusion. <laughs> um Hey, it doesn't break the law, so why not? In China, live stream shopping is the latest craze. In case you don't know what that is, it's essentially the cable TV shopping channel, but on TV. Uh, during the shopping live stream, the host promotes various products. The audience can comment on the stream, chat, and of course, easily order the products from the provided links. This form of shopping hasn't really kicked off in the West, but it accounts for about a tenth of all internet shopping in China. The shopping streams promote everything from electronics to lingerie. Um... And it's that latter category that beca uh, became a problem. China has very strict laws in place about spreading obscene materials on the internet. Generally, that means pornography. But the Chinese government has been more controlling than usual lately and started cracking down on lingerie shopping streams. They've now gone so far as to ban women from modeling any lingerie on live streams. How are the vendors now supposed to sell all those bras, panties, and nightgowns? So is this like an OnlyFans, basically? Like a like a workaround? I mean, well, maybe. I guess a, a really bad workaround. Because <laughs> like, watch our bra modeling. It's, it's perfectly just like, legal. It's like QVC, but on the internet, basically. Mm, okay. Um, wait, what was the wording of the new rule again? You're not allowed to have women modeling lingerie? Do you smell a loophole? Yes, you do. And so did China's live stream operators. As the fair sex is now banned from the streams, men have taken their place. Male models now pose on camera on some business shopping streams, strutting their stuff in frilly baby dolls and other lingerie. Oh. Well, Lester's going to sign up immediately. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the live stream business owners were initially hesitant about male models. But what other options did they have, really? Personally, we don't have a choice, Mr. Zhu, owner of one live stream business said, according to Insider. His stream was among the first to use male lingerie models. The designs can't be modeled by our female colleagues, so we will use our male colleagues to model them, ex explained Mr. Zhu. Some viewers and industry professionals have pointed out that the live stream businesses didn't need to resort to male models. They could have used mannequins. But the manly lingerie wearers have come uh, with a welcome side effect. A good portion of the stream's viewers love them. The bra-clad male models definitely seem to resonate with the audience, Zhu said many of his competitors um, hopped on the band bandwagon after his business debuted male models. The comments from viewers show that at least some of them definitely enjoy the male models. Yeah, I, I wonder which ones. Um, the guy wears it better than the girl, one comment with a hundred of like hundreds of likes wrote. Not everybody is happy with the change, though not necessarily for the reason you might think. Some online uh, commenters lament that the change is depriving women of jobs. They have a point, but it's uh, but if that's the law, what are the live stream operators supposed to do about it? Popular as they are, it's not exactly self-evident that the male lingerie party will be allowed to go on forever. As we mentioned, the Chinese government has been on a conservative streak and wants to promote traditional gender roles and good morals. Case in point, in late 2021, the Chinese government banned what it deemed effeminate men from appearing on TV. If, uh, in the government's words, the law aims to discourage what it deems an unhealthy obsession with celebrities. The law uses a term that can be loosely translated to sissies to describe the type of men who uh, are no longer allowed on TV. Who exactly falls under the definition is anyone's guess, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the male lingerie models will be banned. First of all, they're on the internet, not on TV, so the anti-sissy law doesn't immediately apply to them. Additionally, it's not exactly uncommon for Chinese businesses to use male models for products aimed at women. For example, Austin Lee Jiaquai, one of China's most popular lipstick models, has received the nickname Lipstick King. In another case, 41-year-old businesswoman Wu Nan has become known as Uncle Wu who wears high heels. He demonstrates the sturdiness of his business heels by jumping, dancing, running, and doing other stunts while wearing them. So, based on precedent at least, the men appearing on live streams in bras and panties only continue China's tradition of marketing towards women with male models. Whether it will be allowed to go on, though, we can only wait and see. <laughs> I'm more surprised by this sissy law. <laughs> yeah, like, 
How demeaning would that be? It's like you get kicked off TV. You're too sissy. <laughs> it's like it's like the right wingers from here are also over there. <laughs> it really seems like it, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of countries right now that you see this happening in with like, you know, even like Trump-style politicians winning and, yeah, wave of conservatism. And it does seem like they're the same kind of people, you know? Yeah. Man, that's wild. I feel like I feel like with all this kind of stuff, we're just bound to have like wars at some point. Like, but I mean, like, I'm guessing like sissy is their just code word for gay. Yeah. Like, we think this guy's gay. Let's get him out of here. But like, everybody's doing this whole like nationalism. Like, everybody has to be a certain way. Like, th- everybody's trying to clamp down on their own like people, and and they're also like you know they're beefing with each other too, right? Like, my country first, this and that. You know, that's the thing is like. It's almost like um, every country is going to end up on like ours, where like there's like a culture war. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. I mean, I because you got to assume like you know in China there there's a lot of dissenters. They just can't yeah. be you know they just quickly smack down before they can actually do something. But I mean, you can't you can't do that forever. I think you know? it is weird that almost every culture has their own. You know, racism, homophobia, you know, now transphobia. Like, it just, yeah. it permeates every culture in one way or the other. I mean, just, I hope humans can somehow evolve past this. I don't know. You know what's sad, though, is, like, there's certain places in Africa that are, you know, very anti-gay. But some of that came from, like, Christian minis- yeah. ministries, like, going yeah. over there, you know? Yeah, I, I was on Twitter the other day, and I saw, like... African people talking about this and they were saying like, you know, this, this is never, gays were never a part of our culture and this and that. And they're like, well, how, how do you explain then when people came and invaded, they made laws against homosexuality? Why would they make those laws if gays were never there in the first place? Right. So. I saw um, a a Joe Rogan clip a while back and like, who knows if it'll happen, but there was a guy basically predicting the downfall of China within 10 years Mostly, I think, based on the fact that their population's so male, but other factors as well. He thought they're, he, he's predicting that their economy will, will like totally collapse within 10 years. But I'm like thinking, like, what does that mean for us? Because yeah. we're like so dependent on China for exactly. so many things. And if they're like, we owe them a bunch of money too. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I, I've heard that China is preparing to go to war with the U.S. over Taiwan by 2028. Like, their government has, like, directed their military to prepare for it. Is Taiwan really that important to them? I don't know. <laughs> I don't even, yeah, I don't understand why Taiwan would be that important. But Yeah, after watching how Ukraine's been going, I don't know if the, I don't know. I don't know if they've been as aggressive as, as they have been. Because they, I don't know, for a while they were, like, they kept pushing on it all the time. Maybe China and Russia will become bedfellows just by necessity. I don't know. China could go some different ways. I don't know, man. I mean, China's economy is booming. It's 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 even bigger than the U.S. is like purchasing power parity wise. Like, I don't understand how it could tank. Yeah, I don't either. But well, after well after Mao died, they started loosening up and becoming more capitalistic, and they grew really quickly. But um, like Xi Jinping is more communist so I don't, they could turn backwards again i don't know but yeah the, you're also dealing with the population collapse and who knows what that looks like yeah that's true the one child policy really hurt them well they got rid of that but apparently like but people are still continuing yeah to, it's been habitual and uh people mm-hmm. are still doing just having one kid yeah when did they get rid of it like 20 years ago or something i don't remember when it's funny too like conservative politicians over here complaining that like um people in the u.s aren't having enough kids yeah well it all comes down to like you know growing your economy you have to have people in the workforce to do that and to pay into social security and stuff and uh, they're afraid it's, it's, it's like a ponzi it's like a pyramid scheme you know the more people the more your economy grows and you know they eventually you, you can't just fill up this world with people <laughs> you can't have people everywhere eventually it's going to be too many you can't take care of them but when i think the millennial generation and the gen z generation like you know the economic disparity has grown so much in the u.s that they're like i think it's just economics more than anything they're like how would i ever take care of right. a child i can't take care of myself right you know yeah but the gov- that's what i'm saying like the people 
who are actually living day-to-day lives, they see that. But the government's thinking like this other whole different picture. They're like, oh, we right. need more of this. And, yeah. It's very much uh, they're butting heads. Did you guys hear about that Silicon Valley bank? Oh, yeah. You know what's hilarious? On Twitter, I saw uh, like these tech bros like who their, la- their older tweets, they were like – there was basically people like calling them out saying like you, you were the same people who were against like you know student loans or whatever else. But now you're asking for a bailout. Right. You know, that's insane. Like the level of just, I don't know, entitlement is just nuts. Yeah. Like all the people that are so against, yeah, the student loan forgiveness are like, we got to bail out this bank. Yeah. There's no other option. And they're trying to scare people. Guys, this is horrifying. This is terrible. You guys should be scared. This is a big deal. It's like, no, dude. Like, I'm more scared of, like, paying my mortgage and stuff like that. Right. <laughs> I'm not worried about your little situation here. <laughs> Um, let's see, whose turn was it? I think it's mine. Yeah, I think it's yours. Last story of mine. Yeah, I'm out. (laughs) Study proof short person syndrome as they are more likely to be psychopaths. (laughs) Yeah, I was calling out the short guys. They don't have it bad enough already. You know, I I, I think that's true with dogs, too. Like, little dogs are the crazy ones. They're always the barkers and the biters. They're They're the most, they're the jerks, man. Yeah, yeah. Love them, but they're jerks. <laughs> it turns out small man syndrome might actually be a real thing, as a new study has found that shorter people are more likely to be psychopaths. Uh, U.S. scientists have studied the condition, also known as Napoleon Complex, and discovered that smaller people are more likely to have dark triad personality traits. Uh, this includes characteristics like a lack of remorse, an inflated sense of self-importance, and narcissistic tendencies. The study, which was published published in the personality and individual differences journal also should also found that shorter people are more likely to be antagonist antagonistic uh as they try to offset the disadvantages they encounter due to their height remember bagel boss uh the study was conducted on 367 people using crowdsourcing website amazon's mechanical turk uh and it's hoped and it's hoped the findings will lead to more research. Participants have had to complete the Dirty Dozen Dark Triad Questionnaire. They have to explain that. <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. is, which is a standardized test for dark traits. I've, I've taken that. Oh. Were you dark? Yeah, where'd you uh, I, I was okay on two of them on uh, Machiavellian. I was, I was a little higher on that one. <laughs> you got to grow like one more inch. Give us an... <laughs> do you remember like the types of questions they ask? I'm curious. Um... Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly. So it, like, I, I don't remember all the dark triad. I know Machiavellian was one of them. Like the ends justify the means. Right, and kind of like being scheming and, you know, you've, you've played board games with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely can see that. <laughs> but yeah, I think narcissism is one and then um, maybe just empathy in general, something like that. Okay. Yeah. They had to rank how strongly they agreed with various statements such as, I tend to manipulate others to get my way, or I tend to be callous or insensitive. Uh, There were also similar statements about their height, which they had to score, including, I wish I was taller uh, and I'm satisfied with my height. And they were also asked about, they were also asked their actual height. Uh, Surprisingly, the study found that both genders exhibited more signs of dark triad traits if they were shorter. Uh, it also found that this was greater. If Wait, they... short, short women might be skewing this uh, <laughs> <laughs> this, this probability. <laughs> yeah, I was thinking if they they got both genders, then. Uh... <laughs> also, what does this say about Asians? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Mexican people. <laughs> it also found that uh, this was a greater. This was greater if they were unhappy with their height. Uh, lead research Peter research uh, lead research Peter K Jonathan explained this telling Psych Post shorter people especially those who wish they were taller are more characterized by traits that are likely to make them show off be confrontational and interest in power he also noted that shorter men are more likely to have a narcissistic trait Jonathan revealed that this is often due to shorter men struggling struggling to gain respect. He continued, shorter men can demand respect, impose costs on others, acquire resources, and impress romantic partners by their traits. Shorter women can use deception to appear more desirable or to gain protection and resources. Additionally, appearing more powerful may in turn affect others' perceptions of one's estimated height. He concluded that the dark triad traits may be part of a a suite of psychological systems which help shorter people to still compete in life's great challenges. I didn't think being short was that big of a disadvantage. Dang. 
I mean, I guess mentally you feel like you're disadvantaged. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Like, maybe it's it's caused from, like, early age. Like, if shorter people are, like, bullied by, like, larger people. Maybe. But I, I think there is some truth to it because, like, I think there's, I've definitely, like, met, like, short people that seem to have a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Little pit bulls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think there is something to it. I don't know exactly uh, what causes it. Yeah, I believe it, though. <laughs> well, that's why you don't want to make any short enemies. <laughs> <laughs> Beware the short man. <laughs> I guess Napoleon really was just out to get everybody. <laughs> also, maybe uh, we should only go after women that are taller than us. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> that's a huge bitch. <laughs> Actually, I, I do find women who are tall very attractive. I like women who are taller than me, even, yeah. I'd, t- I'd take either. <laughs> <I'm done. laughs> Man, I remember one time in college, I only seen this woman once, but like I was like roaming the halls and like I turned this corner and there was this woman here and like I have no idea if she played basketball probably, but I swear to God, like I'm six foot and I was like, <laughs> like this woman, I swear she had to be like close to seven foot tall. Dude. Okay. She was really tall. This, this reminds me of my trip from uh, India back to America when we stopped in Amsterdam. The flight attendants, the women in Amsterdam are like giants. <laughs> I swear, I, I, I was like, where like am Game I? Game of Thrones, the land yeah. of Zed, and was, Brienne. <laughs> yeah, they're all Brienne of Tarth. <laughs> like, I was like, why is every, they're all like six, five, seven foot. I'm like, I'm looking up at them. I'm like, just like, whoa, these huge giant women around here. Like, this is normal? I was just blown away by it. <laughs> I actually have heard that like uh, Scandinavia has a lot of tall, beautiful women. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just blown away, man. Like, and it's so, and they're pretty, they're, you know, yeah, they're nice looking ladies, you know, it's just, you're not used to that. <laughs> Might have to take a trip over there. <laughs> but yeah, obviously I found them attractive because I like tall ladies. So. <laughs> um, you don't got any other stories over there? Okay, this is kind of uh, questionable. But um, so apparently uh, a cartel, they killed a few Americans in, uh, in uh, Mexico. Oh, right. And um, apparently it's something they try to avoid doing, which mm-hmm. I, I didn't really know. It's a PR nightmare. <laughs> right. Ex- well, exactly. They don't, yeah. want, they don't want to deal with us, so they try to keep it clean. And um, I'll tie in another story with this later. But uh, yeah, apparently they turned over five of their own members. Yeah, who were responsible for the murder. For, yeah, and uh, as like, uh, sorry. Yeah. And I was like, this is kind of crazy. But I've, I've heard stories of like, I want to say from like, I don't know if it was Chicago or New York, but like in the big mob days where the streets would actually be relatively safe because the mob, you know, controlled everything. However, they didn't want to piss off the police or the public because they just wanted to operate their business. And so their their basically their internal policy was to not cause any shit among the public. And so the streets were actually safer having the mob around. Yeah. I was like, this is a weird, uh, that's not something you expect. Right? We're going to bring back the mob. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, when I first heard about the story, I was like, man, they, you know, that's, they're, they're wild over there. They're killing tourists. They're killing everybody. Yeah. But then when I saw what they did and uh, this sounds weird, but I, it almost made me respect them a little bit. Like that is a, a upright, you know, upstanding move. Like, to, I mean, it's, it's good <clears throat> business. Yeah. I mean, how did this happen, though? Like, how did these Americans get, like, captured by them? Like, they Yeah, were, I don't know the details. They were there for, like, medical good. procedures. And uh, they were going to, like, some sort of facility for that. And they got stopped. And, uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly why they were killed or anything. But, yeah, they got targeted. Hmm? And the, the cartel said that they don't target innocent people. So, I mean, I do respect that. That is, uh, you know, don't. Gonna do yeah, at least thing. the cartel has somewhat of a code, I guess. Yeah. I mean, this I mean, the, our own police force in America would never admit to being wrong about anything. Right. And this is a cartel and they're like we messed up. We messed up. Here are the people who did it. They can face the punishment. That's wild. That is pretty wild. Yeah. What country was this? Mexico? Mexico. Mexican Mexico. cartel, yeah. Hmm. I really wonder like what would happen if the US just legalized all drugs. I I mean, I think that's some of those countries, like, main side business, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of that would collapse. There's just... Uh, I mean, it's... 
I don't know if it'd collapse, but you might have to go, you know, legit. (laughs) I kept waiting for Walmart to start selling weed here. I was like, yeah. it's going to put all these little shops out of business. <laughs> they haven't done it. But. They will. It'll get there eventually. Well, Jeez. Our Walmarts are all closing here in Portland. Oh, so. that's true, yeah. I think, I think, though, just the ones, like, in, like, um, down Port- Portland Metro. Yeah, not... I don't I like. I think ours is safe. I think it's just like the, not the ones in like suburbs and stuff, but just oh, like inner city, right? Inner okay. city. Yeah, that makes sense. I was gonna say something, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> but we are over time, um, so we hope everybody had a good time tonight. Um, if you will, please uh, follow us both on the YouTube channel and on your podcast service of choice. Uh, gives a give us you know thumbs up, positive reviews, all that good stuff. And then why don't you come over on Twitter and talk to us there as well. Guys, where can people find you on Twitter? At a name for this too. <clears throat> at unsolicited S-U-G. And you can, of course, find me at Zach Jones Live. That's Z-A-C-H-J-O-N-E-S-L-I-V-E. And that is going to do it for all of our shenanigans and poppycock this week. Please, please, please tune in again next week. Bye, guys. Take care. Yeah, have a good one.